First lesson is from Revelation. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and people and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Lord Jesus, we thank you for these words. We thank you that it is not an accident we are here tonight, and we thank you for life, and that more abundantly, that you give us, great shepherd. Please anoint my words and anoint our hearts to be fertile and fresh soil, that all of us may be saved by your grace, our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. Oh, I'm so excited. I have a time limit, which maybe makes me more excited. I don't know. doesn't matter. won't get into the whys of it all. Tonight is All Saints Day, and it's, a spe- it's always a special day, All Saints Day is. But in particular, it's special for us here at St. Bart's for many reasons. I'm going to list them now in enumerated fashion. One. This All Saints Day, we continue our Being Christian series based on Rowan Williams' book, Being Christian, where he answers the questions, what's essential about the Christian faith? The answers are four things, baptism, Bible, Eucharist, and prayer. We're talking a little bit about Bible tonight. Two, it is the Sunday before Election Day. Did you notice that, that there is an election coming up? And that is, it's good for us to laugh about it. Not like nervous laughter um, or polarizing laughter. Everything, everything seems to be polarizing now, doesn't it? Even my smile for some reason. Just kidding. But it's the Sunday before Election Day. And that reminds us to pray for our leaders, to pray for our nation, to pray for ourselves, and to be bold in doing our civic duty. It is also a time to pray that God's kingdom would come in this world as it is in heaven. Amen. This is a day for baptism. You've heard me mention it several times now, but we're baptizing four little ones. And because of that, we bring these ones into the church through this sacrament of initiation. We've been speaking about baptism, Chris and I have, in our sermons the last several weeks. And so now, it's like, you're, it's like the, the pump is primed. Your, your palate has been prepared. You're ready to experience and participate in baptism. And remember that you're not just random spectators out there watching, thinking, wow, what a wonderful church service. You're participating as you'll take and you'll respond in this baptismal service later on as we pledge to support these young ones in their baptism. 
So it's that. And this is a holy thing. I was reminded, I, I, can, I can approach my role with a little bit of levity, I realize that, and I think that's, that's good in many cases, but I was reminded today as I was in my office preparing that this is truly a holy moment. This is a holy moment every time we come into the Lord's presence, gathered around his word and his sacrament, but especially when we gather for baptism. So remember that, that God is holy. He is not like us, but he is deeply for us and with us. A beautiful mystery. All Saints Day is also our five-year anniversary. That's right. On November 1st, 2015, we gathered together as All Saints East Dallas, dreaming and imagining and praying into what would it look like to have an Anglican church in East Dallas. And I feel like for a global pandemic, we're doing pretty dang good. So uh, happy five-year anniversary, St. Bart's, as, uh, as we continue on God's journey for us. I'm so thankful that we've done that. I'm so thankful for those, for all of you that are here, for those who are stakeholders that are maybe participating online. I'm thankful for our bishop, Philip Jones, for All Saints Dallas, our, our sending church, our planting church, for our Anglican mission that has invested in us over these years and watched over us. God is good. And still... Despite all those things, and because of all those things, today is still All Saints Day. So we celebrate what the hymn says that we just sang, that we have mystic, sweet communion with those whose rest is one. The church, the saints, are those not just on earth, here in this building, or gathered at home, or just those in Christ all over the world, but The church is also those who are in heaven with those who have gone before us. And we heard Ben's reading earlier from Revelation. And St. John sees a picture. And he sees a picture of, of all these people, these saints and these angels, gathered around the throne of God and around the Lamb. And I don't know if you noticed what we sang, but so struck me on page three of your bulletin, if you'd like to refer to it, that last verse of that great hymn, The Church is One Foundation, and we sang this, though with a scornful wonder, men see her, her is the church. We talk about the church and the feminine because she's our mother. She's our virgin mother, much like the blessed Virgin Mary is the virgin mother of Christ, our God. The church is our virgin mother. We are birthed in her, just like these will be tonight in baptism. So men see her sore oppressed, by schisms rent asunder. We know, especially now in our day, how many, how many tens of thousands of denominations are there? So there's divisions all around us. But the church has been wrought by schisms or divisions. And also, it says, by heresies distressed. So this is a beautiful body. This is a heavenly body, yet what? It's totally imperfect. You don't have to raise your hand. But chances are, if you're here... The church has done what to you? It's hurt you. It's messed you up. You probably have a complicated relationship with the church, much like I did have a complicated relationship with nature after that camping trip when I was seven years old. I say that tongue-in-cheek, but true. It took me decades to get over that. But now, let's go camping right now. So you may, if you've been around the church at all, 
and you're authentic with yourself and others, you may have a complicated relationship with the church. That's okay because she's broken. But look, yet saints their watch are keeping. Now put yourself in that Revelation reading for a moment. Saints and angels gathered around the throne of God. Saints their watch are keeping. Now we're keeping our watch, right? We're praying, we're interceding. We're crying out to God for his kingdom to come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But also the saints of God around the throne of God are doing what right now? They're not watching a countdown clock. They're not seeing who's going to win the election. They're praying. They're interceding. They're crying out, as the hymn says, how long, O Lord? That's what the martyrs cry. How long, O Lord? How long? How long till what? Until Christ returns. Until this earth and this creation and all of the universe is brought to its fulfillment in Christ. And so when we celebrate All Saints Day, we're not just remembering dead people. We're remembering that there is a point towards which all of this is moving. All of the suffering that you've experienced, all of the trials and the persecutions, there's a purpose to them. In fact, life in its seeming meaninglessness now, now more than ever, perhaps in global pandemic, in unprecedented, I had to say the word unprecedented, in unprecedented isolation, we can't even sit close to each other. I can't even see your faces. You can see mine. It's beautiful. We're separated from each other, but there's a purpose behind these trials that we face. So the martyrs' cries and the saints' cry goes up how long? And we hear in this hymn the prophetic word, and soon the night of weeping shall be the morn of song. Have you ever just had a terrible night? Maybe you couldn't sleep. Maybe you had an awful dream. Maybe you had a fight with a loved one. Maybe you're racked or riddled with anxiety. And it feels like what? The night will never end. 2020 feels like the year that will never end. And yet what? The night is not permanent. The morning is coming. The watchmen wait for the morning just like we long and wait for the Lord. And so because we're baptized, because we're Christian, according to Rowan Williams' book, we read what? The Bible. We don't just read the Bible, though. We listen to it read to us. In fact, if you think about the history of the church, the history of, of us and and all the people in Christ. And think about ancient Israel as well when you think about the church, the new Israel. This one man, as St. Paul writes in Ephesians 2, brought together in Christ. Think about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses, those whom Hebrews 11 describes that were looking for a better country. They knew that God was giving them an inheritance in the land of Canaan, but they were waiting for this kingdom that could not be shaken. And so when we think about that church of Israel and the church, the new Israel, most of them didn't have a scroll in their pocket ready to pull out and read, did they? The great, the vast majority, 
I would say the statistically significant majority, you know, above 96% of human beings who've been Christians have not had a personal Bible, but they've had that Holy Scripture read to them in worship, in liturgy. And so Rowan Williams reminds us that as Christians, we are people who are a listening people. In fact, we expect God to speak to us. Now, in some quarters, that could have put you off in a different category if you're expecting God to listen to you, but that's just normative for us. And in fact, in times like this, we need it more than ever for God to speak to us. And he speaks to us through his holy word. He speaks to us through everything, through creation, through friends, neighbors, through enemies. Have you thought about that? When Jesus Christ said, you've heard it said, love your enemy or love your brother. But I, I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. God can speak to us through the mouth of an ass, a donkey. So he especially speaks to us through his word. And William says, the Bible's not merely a chronicle of past events, but a living communication from God to us, telling us now what we need to know for our salvation. We expect to be spoken to by God. And we think about how much the Bible is read to us. And it makes us reset our expectations a little bit, doesn't it? Because it can get maybe a little boring, especially if it's a long reading, especially if there's names that are difficult to pronounce. We can check out because we have information coming at us all the time in our screens, in our ears, our podcasts, in the car. But this is a moment that is holy where we can stop and say, Lord, let your word speak to me and nourish me. And we're to let the whole of the story nourish us. So it's interesting that we read from Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew and Revelation. So the beginning of the New Testament, the end of the Old Testament, the end of the New Testament. And the Beatitudes are Christ's description to us, first to his disciples who became the apostles, and then to us of what it looks like to be a saint. If you're going to follow Christ, you will mourn. You will hunger and thirst for righteousness. You will desire to have a pure heart. You will be persecuted. So we see this description in our collect, our prayer for the day, show that this is aspirational. This is the kind of life that we should want and long for. It's not the kind of up and to the right life, is it? But maybe that puts us in a framework to receive the difficulties that 2020 (laughs) has for us. So we have a description of what a saint's life looks like on earth, but in Revelation we have the description of what a saint's life looks like in heaven. And it's centered around one thing, God himself. This uncreated one who shines on us his uncreated light, who rescues us from the depths of despair, and who makes us one with his son, one with his people, who pours his very self, his Holy Spirit, into us. It is a great mystery. And I pray that that mystery 
not fall on deaf ears or callous and numb hearts, but I pray that that mystery reinvigorate us. I pray that that mystery remind us of those who have gone before us, whether they're from St. Bart's, from your family, or from millennia before. Whether it's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Moses, Joshua, Queen Esther, Mordecai, King David, King Solomon. None of these perfect, but all looking for the kingdom that was coming. James and John, sons of thunder. Jesus, should we just call thunder down from heaven to destroy that village? No, 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 no. Yes, even those guys are saints. Whenever Jesus tells Peter, get behind me, Satan. Yes, he's also a saint. Even St. Paul, who did what to Christians before he was converted? As a zealous Jewish man, he oversaw the killing of Christians. He describes himself as the chief of sinners, and yet the risen and glorified Christ appears to him on the road to Damascus and knocks him off his donkey and says, Saul, Saul, stop persecuting me. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So if Jesus can redeem a murderer who was persecuting him and a foolish, impetuous man who said words that he didn't really realize what they were, or two brothers who wanted to call down fire from heaven to destroy villages, then Jesus can redeem you and me, especially on this All Saints Day. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.